morning. Good morning. So for you guys listening, we've got another resilient AF episode here. And what this is, is where folks come on and they tell you just kind of how they've persevered and, uh, and gotten to where they are today. And this is actually my first interview for this particular format. And I'm super stoked because I've got Emily. You might know her as M is the biggest loser on Instagram. But uh, Emily, you've, uh, you've been through a lot. You handle a lot. And I think you've got a great story to, uh, to tell folks. So wherever you want to start, just go right ahead. Well, uh, in anticipation of this call, I did a little Googling, and the American Psychological Association defines resilience as the process of adapting well in the face of adversity, trauma, tragedy, or significant sources of stress. Um, I decided to look that up before I got on here, so I sounded sort of like I knew what I was talking about when I was using the word resilient. Um, and I, you know, I kind of laughed when I read the paragraph because I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess I am pretty resilient. Uh, resilient AF, I guess you could say. You um, have brought a level of professionalism to this podcast that I wasn't even expecting. So that, <laughs> that's fantastic. That's Sorry fantastic. about that. But no, that's, that's totally you. That's absolutely you. <laughs> Um, so yeah, for anyone who's not familiar with me, I am on a weight loss journey. I have lost 106 pounds now. I, um, have a wonderful husband, two kids, the job, you know, the normal, the normal life, but I'm working really hard on fitting, uh, the weight loss journey into my everyday life, which is, uh, you know, significant amount of difficulty, (laughs) Because life keeps going when you're trying to uh, focus on something. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I have always been overweight. I, you know, as a kid, I wasn't. I mean, I was a little bigger than my peers. Probably the first time I noticed that was around like third grade. Um, we grew up pretty poor. We lived in a trailer. We, my dad worked endless hours while my mom stayed home. And uh, I remember eating a lot of really not great things, you know, um, fish sticks and pierogies was a big one spam and macaroni and cheese you know so I I didn't grow up with like a healthy and any idea of what a healthy eating you know meal was I I joked the first time I ever went to a restaurant was with my aunt and uncle and I was in middle school I'd never been inside of a restaurant before Mm -hmm. and they handed me a menu and I was like oh my gosh I've only ever seen a menu with a speaker in the middle of it so (laughs) I had only ever had fast food. So, you know, this was just, this was just a lifestyle for me. So I've always grown up being a little overweight and then I got to be a lot overweight. I had my son in 2015. Um, I had my daughter in 2017. And by the time my daughter was born, we started to really accept that we knew we were dealing with an autism diagnosis coming for Jack. Um, So he was two, she was a newborn and we were starting the process of, assessments for autism. And that was a very stressful time. I started to cope with eating. Uh, When Pearl was 10 months old. And so at that point, you know, Jack was two years and 10 months old, because they're exactly two years apart. Mm -hmm. Um, Pearl was rushed to the hospital with um, what turned out to be supraventricular tachycardia. And I watched her flatline in the emergency room. Um, They gave her five doses of a medicine that sparks her heart rate, trying to get it back into a normal rhythm. She was beating 317 beats per minute. 
And eventually they had to get out the pedals and shocker. And it was extremely traumatic. And when I left the hospital, you know, a week later, because we were in for a long time, I didn't realize it at the time, but I started just filling all of my sadness and pain with food. I mean, I would wake up and go to McDonald's for breakfast. I would have like a foot long Subway for lunch, Taco Bell for dinner, Dairy Queen for dessert. I mean, I was spending so much money on eating out. I was eating out every day. And before I knew it, I put on about a hundred pounds in less than a year. So, um, as we've, as I finally, I also was dealing with my own health issues. After I had a hysterectomy last summer, I woke up from surgery and they told me I needed to walk a lot. And so I started walking to try to recover from my surgery and I've been walking ever since. Uh, unfortunately, life hasn't stopped throwing things at me. <laughs> So, you know, we did get our severe autism diagnosis a year ago. Uh, Pearl's supraventricular tachycardia. She's had many issues. We've been in the hospital many times. On top of that, we're dealing with hypoglycemia for her. And we're also dealing with some unknown stuff. We're actually going to neurology next week. So while things keep popping up at me, I'm still working on fitting a weight loss journey into my life. I'm still working full time. I work opposite shifts from my husband. So in the evenings, I'm alone with both kids. And during the day, he's alone with both kids. And we're now in the process of starting to accept that we also think my daughter may be somewhat on the autism spectrum. She could possibly just be delayed because of all of her medical issues. And hopefully when we consult with neurology next week, we'll have a better understanding. But these are just more hurdles that keep uh, keep popping up. So when I think about resiliency and, you know, finding out that resilience is the process of adapting in the face of trauma and stress and tragedy, and, um, I, I realize I have been doing that because every day I get up, I go to the gym. I, uh, on my rest days, I still make sure I'm getting in the activity. And I think the reason I'm resilient is because I have these little humans who just need me, you know, and they need me, not that I, I, I'm any more special than any other mom, but my kids need me a little more than your neurotypical kids are going to need you. My son is still primarily nonverbal. He's, uh, an eloper. He runs away the second a door opens. So I've got to be on the ball and ready to chase him. Last summer before I started any sort of weight loss, uh, he got away from me on the trail. We were walking and he was a thousand yards away from me and I couldn't catch up. I mean, I was running like hell, screaming for my husband. My husband ended up leaving the stroller and the baby where they were. And he went running because the trail was on a pond. And, you know, I read way too many news articles about an autistic boy who drowned because autistic kids are drawn to water just, you know, by nature they are. And so, you know, that was a driving goal for me is I never, I need to be able to catch up with him. And I'm, I'm happy to say that he got away from me in the park this past weekend and I ran up and I grabbed the back of his shirt and (laughs) grabbed his hand and held him. And I thought, you know, holy shit, I did that. I caught up to him. He's fast, man. He, yeah. These little kids, I don't know where they get the energy. Yeah. But yeah. he he ran away from me. And actually, ironically, I had also run a 5K that morning. I, I was able to run after him, grab onto him, and keep him safe. And, and that's what keeps me resilient is seeing these little things that I've been able to do since I started my journey. 
um, I'm able to get up and I'm, I'm able to do so much. And I, I thrive on proving people wrong. That's probably a personality flaw, by the way. But um, <laughs> I, I loved I love that, you know, so much of my identity had been rooted in being the fat girl. And, and so I love to prove that I'm still awesome and funny and, and great, even though I'm dropping and shedding the weight constantly. And I'm the same way at work. Like I work in a very good old boys type company Mm -hmm. and I'm one of the only women in upper management. So, you know, a lot of times I, I've been met with having to like present an idea and it's not taken, but then a, a colleague, a male colleague will present the idea and everyone's like, hey, that's a great idea. <laughs> so I've taken to like really putting everything in writing. As soon as we leave a meeting or a conference call, I'll, you know, put something in an email saying, per the call, my suggestion, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and I love, I love when I'm able to throw those back in someone's face <laughs> <laughs> and just say, look, that's exactly what I said on our call in September. But hey, yeah, now that Dan said it, that's a great idea. Yeah, take um, the credit for it, Dan. So, so, you know, just little moments like that, they make me continue. And I said, I don't know if that's petty or a personality flaw, but victories make me resilient and I cling to them. And I just, you know, they're like monkey bars and I swing from one victory to the next and everything's biting at my ankles underneath, you know, it's, it's, it, it, there's something always waiting around the corner to pull me down, but I just keep going to the next, to the next because I've got, you know, I'm the prime, I'm, I guess you would call it the breadwinner in my family. Mm-hmm. I'm the, the bringing home the most financial security. Mm-hmm. I carry the insurance, which we definitely need for both of our kids' medical issues and, and their, you know, behavioral therapies. So for work, it's important that I'm always, you know, cognitive and on my A game. And uh, in my weight loss, it's, it's important. And, and you know better than anyone that I'm swinging from one, one victory, one milestone to the next and just excited to keep going. And my main, my main motivation for that is definitely my kids. They keep me, they keep me resilient. They keep me strong. They, they keep me strong of mind. I'm always researching and learning and, and trying to be armed with as much knowledge on both of their conditions as I can so that I can continue to advocate for them against doctors and teachers and therapists. And it's a, it's a lot, but it is rewarding at the end of the day when I can lay my head down and know I crushed it at work. I killed my way in. My kids are safe and asleep and happy and fed. And, you know, just being able to every night go to bed, knowing that I, I did my absolute best is, is what keeps me resilient and keeps me going. You know, the, the one question I would have, because <clears throat> if you've got a, a new parent and say that they, how, how old was, was Jack when he was diagnosed? He, he was officially diagnosed at three at two. We had brought in early intervention mm-hmm. um, and they're not allowed to say anything medically, but they kind of were like, I mean, yeah, him and hawing around the A word, you know, autism mm-hmm. is, is not something anybody wants to be the first person to say might be what your right. kid's dealing with. Right. But I mean, I definitely knew for sure around two, but I look back now with the knowledge that I have and I probably could have guessed it at six months had I known then what I know now. But the official diagnosis came when he was three. 
So, and I think most parents would, would be in that same boat that if they've gotten the diagnosis, they then, after they've done the research, could look back and be like, oh, I, you know, there's things that I could have, that I probably see, that I look back and I see sooner with this. What would you say to a parent that just got the diagnosis? I think the first thing I would say to a parent that just got the diagnosis is to cry, let it out. You are allowed to mourn the life that you plan to have. Um, when you have your kid, you know, you're, you're a dad. So when you first have your little boy, you think about maybe a baseball team or you think about, you know, going to Disney or, or all these things you might think of as, in the future as a parent. For us, it was camping and, mm-hmm. you know, things that we couldn't wait to do with our little boy. And now that he has so many sensory issues and so, so much on his plate, uh, I wish someone had told me then that it was okay to mourn because I felt like I immediately had to jump into like wearing a puzzle piece t-shirt and being the autism mom and, and bringing the awareness and proving that it's beautiful. When I think what awareness really needs to be is that sometimes it's not, sometimes it's freaking hard and that we as parents of special needs children need a little extra support from our friends and from our family and from ourselves. We need to be gentle with ourselves and kind with ourselves and tell yourself it's okay to mourn what you thought you were going to have. And it's okay to be sad about this diagnosis because when you Google autism, especially right now, you're going to find things about Cody Lee, the guy who was on America's Got Talent and he's blind and autistic and he just rocked the judge's world. And that's great. But what you're not going to find is all the hard stuff in between that. And it's okay to be upset about that. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's in, you know, one thing you were talking about certain things possibly being character flaws. I, I think one thing you do really well though, is you are aware of who you are and who you've always been. You're like, when I was overweight, you know, I was, I was, I was the funny girl. I was the funny friend and all this. And, but you don't lose as you continue to lose weight. And as you continue to, to parent, you know, these, these kids, you don't lose who you are. And I think one thing is just not, not apologizing for who you are, you know, all all the way through the process. I, I think that's, that's a huge part. And I think that's something that you do very well. Thanks. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's the definition of resiliency, right? I'm, I haven't let all of these adversities change who I am or change who I plan to be. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, and I think it's funny cause I think when you, re- when you read that definition, you really had to be like thinking back at all this stuff and you're like, Oh shit, that's me. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it just, uh, you, you definitely, I mean, you're, you're a textbook definition, but I know that, you know, a huge part of what you like to do is, is help other people. Um, there's a number of places that I could send people because you have a podcast in addition to the Instagram um, account as well. But what's, what would you like people, where would you like people to reach you? And what is it that you would be willing to, uh, to help them through or talk to them about? I am definitely most reachable on Instagram at M E M is the biggest loser. I also have the podcast, the M is the biggest loser podcast. The podcast is mostly weight loss related, uh, but the Instagram, I do tend to touch on the special needs of my children as well. So I would suggest anyone who has children with, you know, unique medical issues or autism that want to talk to somebody or want to cry to somebody. I'm, I'm definitely your girl. You can send me a DM on Instagram and I'll, weight loss. I'm definitely, uh, I'm, I'm in the throes of it. So I think there's nothing more to make you an expert than being right in the thick of it. So, uh, you can be reached at M is the biggest loser on Instagram. 
There you go. Well, Emily, I will let you get back to your day because I know you're busy. So thank you for squeezing this in. And I'll talk to you real soon then. All right. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. See ya. Bye.